0: Here's the deal The Bible says that Faith Comes by hearing the word of God And wherever you go to church Make sure you go to a church That believes in the scriptures Teaches the scriptures Asks you to read the scriptures Provides you with the scriptures There's Bibles under your chairs You should have one in your lap If you don't We'll have it on the screen But you should take one home There's Bibles over here on my left You could take one Put it in your car Read it It doesn't work if you don't read it I don't know if you guys Figured that part out so I'm going to read to you and then I'm going to preach to you. Ready? Verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren. Paul. That's how Paul sounded. I'm almost positive. Most of the Bible authors sounded this way at least when I read it. Ah. Paul the pirate. And he's instructing the church at Ephesus. Listen, just, just grab this before I read. For the entirety of this letter, he's been instructing the church on two main characters. Who God is, what God's done, what God's doing, who we are and what we're to do and how we're to do it. Two main God and us. okay? God and the people around us. It's, it's, it's God and humans. Pretty easy. Finally. He changes the subject matter a bit. And he adds a third character that we haven't necessarily looked at. Last week we touched on. But it's a character that I think has, on purpose, penciled himself out of the script of many people's lives, at least seemingly. Penciled himself into the shadows. Penciled himself into the fictitious or funny. Penciled himself into the invisible or unseen. And yet Paul says, oh, whoa, before we go, class, finally, it's as if to say, we've been real thorough, but there is an enemy, an adversary, the devil, the, the roaring lion, the, the prowling lion, who only ever always seeks to steal, kill, and to destroy. And now he spends the last couple of verses talking about what we would call spiritual warfare, okay? Warfare of demons and devils. Of the real adversary, the real enemy, because the enemy is not you or the person next to you or the people running the country or the people running other countries. That's not, the, that's, he'll go on to say in verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not where a wrestling match is. And just ask yourself, have you ever wrestled against flesh and blood? Uh, like today, you mean? Or? Yeah. He says, that's not, no, our, our, we wrestle. There's a fight going on, a battle of war. But it's not this way, horizontal. It's, it's vertical, and it's also not between you and God. It's between you and the devil. And I'm not a demonologist, okay? There are those who study this and make their whole life, you know. Paul includes it, though, so we're going to study it. This is finally, my brethren, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We talked about that at length last week. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the willies of the devil, the wiles, the methods, the reality, the creativity, the insanity, the satanic death and anger, violence of the devil. He says, You gotta armor up. Why? Because you've got the devil, he's real. Really mad, and he's real. You need to have armor on for his wiles, and the Greek word there is methodia, which means methods. His different tactics with you and me, different tactics with all of us. He says in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and we'll hopefully talk about that. Who our enemy is not, okay. It's not your spouse, it's not your kids, it's not your boss, it's not your government, it's not the people around you, it's really not. You think it is, but here's the deal. He goes on to say, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because it's happening right now, take up the whole armor of God, not just a piece. All of it. Why? Well, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to just stand and to embrace the darkness. Or should I say to, when I say embrace, I mean the darkness will stand. It's going to be, it's out there. And he's called us to be armored up, protected and standing. Fighting back by faith. Standing with our shield. In a world that doesn't stand for much. Okay, world doesn't stand for much. And he's calling us to stand. He tells us how. Here's the armor. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Ah, that's a good one. The opposite of truth is lies. Lies. I just think I'll get dressed with a bunch of lies today. I think I'll just look for some lies to buy into. I wonder if there's some lies I could hang on to real tight. Really? He says, no, no, the truth. The truth will set you free. Two, two, two things about truth. Number one, walk in it. Okay? T- tell the truth. And number, number two, believe the truth. Okay? Let's just let's, 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 let's use the opposite. Lies. Two things about lies. Don't tell them. <laughs> you know? Number two, don't believe them. Okay? That's your belt. Don't tell them. Don't be a liar. Don't be a weirdo. If you're a liar and a weirdo, and you just kind of, you know, you just kind of, you know, just kind of, you know, (laughs) it's like taking your belt off in the middle of battle. It's like just walking around helpless and hope. I mean, you undo yourself by being a liar. And naturally, we're liars. Naturally we just naturally we hide stuff naturally adam and eve first sin committed what do they do let's start lying you know right away hiding stuff and running and minimizing and weirding out i know myself real well i got three kids i know them well too and we're all liars okay you can lie to yourself and say you're not that's fine but i know so he says let's truth up let's truth up don't lie don't lie and don't believe lies, because if you believe a lie, take your belt off, you're done. Did you know that lies, not, not even true, this is crazy, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. If you believe a lie that's not true, it then has power over you that it doesn't necessarily merit. Tr- lies will cause you to do crazy things, even though there's no merit to what's being said or declared. A, a lie doesn't have to be true to be powerful It can be absolutely false And yet it will change the whole way you live When you hear a lie from the enemy A lie from yourself A lie from somebody else It'll change the whole way you live He says no, no, no Okay, put the belt of truth on You gotta know where truth is John eight forty four. The devil's the father of all lies Okay, so don't team up with him John 10 Jesus said abide in my word And my word abide in you And you'll know the truth And the truth will set you free Belt it up I don't know if I'm being lied to you better know what the word says you just better know the truth, okay? Well, my teacher said, and my, my professor said, and my government said, and my, my, my mind said, I feel. Well, there's your problem right there. How many, how many times do you respond and act and live based on your feelings? <clears throat> your feelings are just feelings. They're just, they just feel. They're not right. Okay. You feel that you need to know the truth. And your feelings can do whatever they do. Mine do, too. But the truth wins, Truth wins. Truth is like a belt, okay? Don't tell lies. Don't believe lies. It'll change everything. He goes on to say, uh, stand therefore, verse 14, having you girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, okay? Righteousness comes as you protect your heart from doing sinful stuff and as you embrace the righteousness of Christ, verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you know how you walk, you know what your steps are, you know what it, feels like what rhythm you're you're walking to the gospel rhythm okay your step is it's harmonious ah the gospel where do you go what do you bring when you bring yourself i bring the gospel okay what are you what are you standing on right now (laughs) the gospel the good news the good if you're standing on anything else what weird it's gonna fall apart the gospel the gospel Above all, verse 16, that doesn't mean more important than, it means literally on top of, protecting it all, take the shield of faith, which will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, some of you got to just own this reality. There is a wicked one firing darts at you all day long. Some days heavier than others. Some days more noticeable than others. Darts, fiery accusations, reminders of your past threats of your future anybody have these from time to time where all of a sudden phew, a dart will come into your mind of something you did in junior high you're still ashamed of <gasps> where did that come from why am i thinking about that you know and the enemy's right back there better put that shield of faith up to quench those darts capture that word of accusation whenever the devil accuses me usually unless it's the future which i have no control over and he, he attacks me with fear like he does you But when it's the past, he usually attacks me with truth. I know who I am, and he knows who I am. He says, remember this? Oh, remember this? Oh, remember this? And I have to have the shield of faith. He says, yeah, I did do that. And that's why I'm standing in the gospel. Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. Okay, that's my shield of what? Faith. Forgetting all I trust him. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. And I can just extinguish those darts. They will keep coming the rest of your life. They will not keep coming. So above all... Put up the shield of faith. He says in verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation the sword of the, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He talks about your mind and your decision making and your thinking is wrapped up and protected by the fact that you're saved. I'm serious. We'll talk about this hopefully at great length next Sunday. <laughs> he says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God's word is God's sword, okay? Cuts through the darkness, cuts through the lies. Does things and illuminates things that nothing else can do. His word. I hope you believe in his word. I hope you're a lover of his word. I hope you're a student of his word. I hope you're convicted by his word. I hope you're drawn to his word. I hope you appreciate his word. He says in Psalm 138 that he esteems his word and elevates it even above his own name. I mean, it's, it's up there the big deal it's been preserved it's been prepared it's been provided for it's also been proven okay check it out he goes on to say praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit (sighs) being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints that's a crazy verse right there pray always with all things with all perseverance and all supplication for all saints i mean he's just like did i miss anybody did, I, did, my, did the energy in that verse come across? Pray in the spirit always, man. And it's almost like, if you've ever been a coach with an athlete, and you know your athlete's potential, one, but you also know what's at stake for the athlete's battle. And you're looking at the athlete, and, you're, and you, you can see, you're the coach. You're like, oh, ho, ho. okay, when you go back out there, if you just do these three things, I'm your coach, I know I'm not participating, you are, and you feel like you're about to die, Okay. I've got wrestlers, I've got soccer players, I've got people I coach. I mean, you, you can't give anymore, but if you just do these two things hard, you win. You win. You have to give me everything you've got. And what he's asking for us here is not just to give everything we've got. He's actually asking us to do that which what we cannot do. You realize that, don't you? He started out in verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God today is only asking you to do what you cannot do yourself. Wrap your mind around that at the beginning, okay? It's exciting. It's exciting. He's asking you to do what you cannot do in order that when you do what you are not able to do, he gets the glory and you become a worshiper and you point to him and realize and recognize and you symbolize and you internalize he is the one and he's asking you to do great things whether it be to walk in spiritual victory over over a temptation or a sin today to claim it to walk in victory to walk in victory in your marriage or in your business to, to just stop lying stop believing lies today to, to just be righteous that breastplate to put the helmet of salvation on. maybe you need to get saved and get your mind right He encourages us, just do this, guys, do this, gals, don't stop. He says, and for me, verse 19, we'll get there in a couple months it looks like, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, and that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Father, in Jesus' name now, your word has been read, and I pray, God, that as we study your word together, that Jesus, we would be encouraged and we would grow that our faith lord would be known in this crazy world Lord, tomorrow's halloween i just can't help but think of that in light of spiritual warfare on our docket this morning and people are going to be dressing up like all kinds of things tomorrow just having fun and just enjoying just dress up pretending there's something they're not and you've asked us lord to dress up today to put on the armor of god to armor up not because it's a holiday not because we're religious but because we're getting shot at This is the real deal, because you've asked us to do that which we cannot do, but you provided us the means to do it. It's crazy. So I pray in Jesus' name now that every man, every woman here, young and old alike, would man up, would war up, would suit up with the armor of God, just as you laid it out so simply, so beautifully, so lovely, that we wouldn't wrestle against each other. We wouldn't be warriors horizontally, but we would be warriors vertically, champions, Leaders in the community, leaders in our homes, leaders in our cars, leaders in our minds, Lord. Heal even today through the power and preaching of your word and the gathering of your flock, Lord. We need you to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So we thank you in advance, Lord, for the time we've already had together. And pray now in Jesus' name that your word would become clear and applicable to our lives. For your glory, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor Paul here gives us some strong words at the end of his letter. Pastor Paul, Father Paul, Soldier Paul, Warrior Paul, Commander Paul, Coach Paul. All these things come to my mind as Paul. The father of faith looks to these kids and says, "Oh, I've instructed you on the two main characters, God and yourself. But before I let you go out to battle, I must inform you that there's one more thing to consider. We're in a war. And when you're in a war, and, in, and our culture hasn't been through the biggest of wars, but we've been through some wars. We've gone to war with, with Iraq, and we've invaded Afghanistan. You know what it's like in wartime. At least I do a little bit, some of you more so. But when we invaded Iraq, remember Desert Storm and all that was going on, and remember Scud missiles and Patriot missiles, and everyone gathered around the screens watching these like, live streams, and because there was a war, we were engaged. What is happening? Sca- wondering, 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 waiting, 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 and he, said, he reminds us here, oh, hey, by the way, not horizontally, vertically, though, there are Scud missiles being fired at you as we speak. And so because of that, I don't want you to build a bunker and go hide yourself, you know, start a church called Us Four No More by the door, <laughs> you know, run for the hills. He says, no, 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 just suit up and then stand. Like, go to the front. Huh? To the, like, the front? Like the, when you say the front, you mean the back? <laughs> no, the front. Stand. Okay, bring your shield because you're going to get shot, but it's all good. I got you covered. Oh, okay. Okay. And we begin to then follow... Pastor Paul, Commander Paul, as he reminds us that we're in a war. And you might say here today right now, I'm not really in that spiritual warfare stuff. I'm not really into it. Guess what? It's into you, okay? Okay. It, it loves you, it wants you, it's recruited you, you know, it, what's the, 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 Uncle Sam, you know, I want you, you know. <laughs> Spiritual warfare wants you, and you might say, like I said last week, re- love is my religion, and I'm a, you know, peaceful pacifist, and all, I get all that, okay, and I'm with you. The devil, though, doesn't play that way. He is. He doesn't sign treaties, he doesn't make deals, he doesn't calm down. He is a renegade, ruthless, worse than your imagination can take you. And so he says, okay, just beware, you are in a war because the devil's got your name and he's got your number, he's got your rank, and he's wiling against you with different methods. And I would love it if you would leave here today in the simplicity of a teaching like this, is very simple, that you would leave here today saying, I'm just going to, Lord, give me cognitive understanding of the wiles of the devil. How many be more sensitive to it? How many be more aware of it? Help me not to under spiritualize things. Don't raise your hand, but are you guilty of under spiritualizing things? Eh, just must be my luck. It must be the way it is. It must be God's will. It must be my, you know, do you under spiritualize? There is another camp that over spiritualizes things. Okay, it gets, and we'll talk about that just a little bit. That over spiritualizes things, and there is what I call the pendulum. Okay, you gotta find the middle. The biblical road, not the excess and abuse or the neglect and ignorance of any truth of the gospel. Any truth that the Bible presents is a road. And the Bible instructs us how we could find that road. And so let me just make sure you guys believe me that there is indeed a war going on. When was the last time you saw things in your life just spin radically out of control? Or maybe around you, things just went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I mean, just like... Insanity. Maybe it's just something very normal and practical, something you feared and tried to avoid your whole life. Maybe it's bankruptcy. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's being fired. Maybe it's being rejected. Maybe you fill in the blanks and all of a sudden, darn it, what happened? Ah! The whole thing fell apart. I thought the ducks were going to have a good year. (laughs) You know? (laughs) The whole thing fell apart! And when was the last time in your life it just... And the tendency, the tendency, check this out. This is Satan's main strategy. The tendency is either to blame the people, including yourself, the man in the mirror, or God, when something goes weird. We just wonder, man, God just, ah, just, ah, he must just either A, not be the God that I think he is. He's not powerful enough to help me. Just, man, I just blew it. With, I chose the wrong God. You know, and Satan whispers that lie because you pray against something and it, and it still falls apart. Oh, wow, I guess my God is, is impotent. Or maybe, maybe you've heard this argument. My God just, he's kind of a jerk. He doesn't care. He's, 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 if you would allow this, he either can't stop it or he doesn't care about me. And the tendency is for the devil to mess with you and mess with me and mess with us and then sneak into the backdrop. And then I fight with you and I fight with me and I fight with them and I fight with my God. And the devil goes and he gets a latte. And he just smiles and says, I'm out. I'm out. Done my, done my, done my tricks. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were to... Go to battle against the real enemy, uh, against the enemy, the unseen enemy, and to understand that there is darkness. It's 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 on the prowl. There are people in our country even that would say, "Well, you know what? It's actually getting better." I, I hear this, and I'm like, "Wow, like, are you a cartoon?" <laughs> the, you talk. The cartoons are getting better. What are you saying? Like, it's getting better. What are you saying? You know, internet speeds are increasing. Okay, you're right. Then it is technically getting better. But everything else is getting crazier. And the the devil would want us to come to that conclusion that things are getting better, that things aren't bad, and that he doesn't even exist. I told you that already, that the biggest lie the devil's ever told is that he doesn't exist, that he's not active, that he's not present. Okay? True or false? We're in a spiritual battle. And I would be first to admit, well, I bet my, my spiritual tactics are probably a little rusty, my spiritual understanding. I need to come to the word of God for guidance because things are crazy. And God has guaranteed us that they're going to get crazier. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to be a doom and gloom guy, but read the book. He says it's going to get nutty. So here's some armor. And you're like, well, how about you just stop the nutty? And he's like, no, not now. I'll stop that in my own time. But right now you stand. As a matter of fact, the, the disciples, the apostles in Acts chapter 1, When Jesus died and rose again and he was all-powerful and redeemed the world, they're like, oh, sick. Are you at this time going to fix it all, the governments? Are you going to make it legit? And he looked at them like they were crazy. He said, that's not for you to know the times and seasons. But here's what I do want you to do. Armor up. He said, you're going to get my power. The Spirit's going to make you be witnesses on display. And that word witness is the Greek word marteo, where we get our word martyr or you would give your life both spiritually and physically for the gospel. And I don't know how that sets with you. Because I want to I want to make things right now. There is an actual small minority group in the Christian world called Kingdom Now Theology. Where they believe that as we make things better on earth, as we create heaven on earth, that that will entice the Lord to return and collect his bride. And they're making, they have this real, real hope that there will be euphoria and, 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 and joy and love here and beauty here in order that the Lord return. Listen, euphoria, beauty, joy, all that's coming. Woo! Guaranteed. Gonna happen. Okay? But he tells us it's gonna get gnarlier first. So I want you to man up, I want you to war up, I want you to suit up to be my witnesses. Again, I don't have all the answers. I really don't. He doesn't give us all the answers. He just gives us our roles. He says, go, go stand. So for you today, for me today, how do you respond to, to the spiritual battles around us? How do you discern the evil and the pain? Like I said, there are two camps on the left and on the right. One is the camp of excess okay, and abuse that over-spiritualize everything. You turn the lights on and it flickers and you begin to rebuke the demon of light bulbs. You know, ah, I rebuke you you, know, and so you overemphasize everything. You know, somebody sneezes and you rebuke the demon of Gesundheit. You know, ah, Gesundheit out of you, you know. And, like, you, you've seen this. Our, our charismatic Pentecostal friends that have gone, you know, down certain roads and have, that we've seen this kind of crazy charismania, we've seen it. We've all seen it. You call your grandma. Hey, grandma, pray for me. I'm taking an algebra test later today. I rebuke the devil of mathematics. <laughs> no, grandma, I just pray for that I get a good night's sleep. And uh, while you're taking the test, I'll extend a T100 Texas calculator above my head. And if it should drop below my head, you'll fail. But if I keep it up, you know, no, grandma, just pray for me. Sorry, bye, you know. And there's this, we've seen it. So the problem is, to poke fun at it like I just did, Okay? And then to let the devil just run around and not be spiritual. And then to under-spiritualize things. And when things get weird or when things get difficult or when things get hard, we think, well, it's just, I'm just an idiot. They're, they're just idiots. They're all idiots. And the devil just steps back and says, I like that. That'll do a lot of good for you. Fight that battle. And we under-spiritualize marital conflict and, and parental challenges and social difficulties and we under-spiritualize health and interpersonal mental illness, and we just medicate things. And we under-spiritualize it. We don't pray about things. Somebody calls with a sickness or an illness, and we're just like, ah, it's just probably the way it's going to be. We don't go to battle because we under Pendulum, under-spiritualize, ignore, ignorance, neglect, over-spiritualize, abuse, and excess, and isolate yourself. And the road is the Bible. Okay, the Bible just teaches us. Oh, finally, brethren, man up. Put these tools on. In the power and the strength of the Lord. In the midst of chaos and carnality and difficulty. And stand. Stand. In this idea of spiritual warfare, at least here, there's not a lot of offensive given. No, there's not a lot of, it's all defensive, at least here. He gives us the sword of the spirit and the, the prayers and supplication. Those are both actions. But a lot of it is just stances in the midst of evil where the Lord would say to his church in Acts 1, to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. Arnold Schwarzenegger stole that line from Jesus. <laughs> Get your history right. Jesus said, "I'll be back." What do we do until then? Suit up, because you're all gonna die. Martyrs, witnesses. Suit up, because you're you're gonna you're you're going you're it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be nuts. And I wonder if your life's been nuts at all. And I wonder if your life will be nuts in the future. And there is the charismania, you know, part that says, no more pain, no more suffering, no more problems. I didn't see that in the book. I actually saw much pain, much suffering, much problems in the book. And much preparation given to you and I to endure by faith and to shine and the principles of life that God's given to us, of resistance and, and pain and frustration that will always produce growth, always produce beauty. You and I don't want frustration, pain, or resistance in our spiritual life. We don't want it. I want it easier. And God says, ah, that won't produce anything but an easy chair. We don't need easy chair Christianity. He says, no, I'm going to give you the armor you need, and I'm going to ask you to walk a long, lonely, difficult road In the power of my might, okay, in my strength, with my armor. Did you know you can't do any of this stuff without him? Like straight up, finally, my brethren, brethren." before you head out, before you do this, you got to suit up because some of you are going to be taken out. Some of you aren't going to make it. There will be death and disease and divorce. There, There will be pain and suffering. Why? Because we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And I believe I'm wrong, and I believe, and I'm wrong, and I believe sometimes that now that I'm saved, anointed, chosen, you know, set apart, man, it's going to be woo! (laughs) Praise God. Again, t- next week we're going to study more of this. I really want you to, to be ready to to leave here today. I've been praying for you as a pastor. I've been, been stressing about this subject for my own life. Tomorrow's Halloween. One of the most popular costumes globally will be the devil himself. Nobody, nobody cares. It's fine. He's a comic. He's, he's fictitious. He's funny. It's the devil and the angel on your shoulder. It's just, you know, eh, and here he says, oh, no, 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 no. It's big. It's big. It's not bigger than me. It's big. It's big enough to give you what you don't have. You don't have what it takes, but I can give you what you need. I'm going to give it to you. But you've got to put this stuff on. He talks about all this, this arsenal and this weaponry. When you go out to battle, you see these guys in Desert Storm and you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. You see the guys in the gals and the fatigues. It's insane. they are ready to go. They got so much stuff. None of them are wearing flip-flops. You know what I'm saying? It's hot out there, man. Put some Tevas on, bro. Chill. No. Boots. Got my boots on because it's war. He says, put your boots on. Put your gospel boots on. Put your belt on. Put your helmet on. Put your, your stuff together. But I'm saved. Yeah, you're wanted. You're hated. And not just you, personally, true, but generically, the world, you guys realize this, the kingdom of the world we live in is broken, and it's, it's decaying. The second law of thermodynamics clearly states that all things are going from order to disorder. That's science. Science says, yeah, the whole thing's falling apart. And the Bible would say, yeah, I think we said it a little differently, but yeah, yeah, we're right. It's a battle. It's tough. 10 out of 10 people die. We're all going to die. You realize that, right? We're all going to, and, and we, we, we've embraced this on a long life scale, and we fear this on a short life scale. Death is death. It's death. It's difficult. It wasn't intended to be that way. That alone is indicative that there's a battle, that death still remains in the physical. And yet Christ has overcome death in the spiritual and grants now hope in death. And it asks you to walk in life and to die in death with the armor on. To be a witness, a martyr, to to, to prove that he exists. I don't have all the answers for you, but what if you could prove that God exists in the way you pick yourself up after the divorce, in the way you pick yourself up after the loss, in the way you endure being rejected. Tim Tebow just came out with a book called Shaken. I haven't read it yet. You can buy it for me. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't. I'll get a copy. I'll get one copy. And Tim Tebow writes this book about living for Christ in a world that will reject you. That won't embrace you. That won't take care of you. We live in America. Okay? Our freedoms are protected. We have the right to pursue happiness. It's guaranteed. Yet the devil says, I'm going to go against that. I'm going to fight you. Because I'm not an American. God's not an American. We don't see red, white, and blue. It doesn't matter to us here in, in hell. Okay? We will hurt you. We will take you out. It's going to happen. So God says, put your armor on. Okay? Put your armor on. That way, when you are a witness, when you're a martyr, when it goes down, when it doesn't go right... Guess what? I can still use it. Just like my son, when he was martyred, when he was killed, when he sacrificed his life on earth. made no sense. you got to understand this is a battle zone here for a heaven there. What do we do here? Make our beautiful things here? Careful. Careful. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable because the devil has a sight on you. It's going to get gnarly, and you better have your armor on. And when you start taking shots, you better know where your foundation was. I don't have all the answers for you I wish I did. I wish I could give you seven ways to a pain-free life (laughs) Number one go to heaven Repeat step one Six more times and you'll be fine. That's it. I Want you to leave here today Thanking the Lord for his armor Thanking the Lord for the power over sin and darkness, not being afraid. We're gonna study next week how these pieces of armor come into play, okay, what it looks like to walk in truth with righteousness and the sword and the belt and prayer. We're gonna look at that next week. I want you to leave here today fully equipped though, saying, Lord, forgive me for being blind to spiritual warfare. Forgive me for being ignorant. Forgive me for being part. Forgive me for being a dummy. Forgive me for attacking. Verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Lord, forgive me. They're not my enemy. Forgive me. And Lord, hone me in to know how to fight back, how to supplicate, how to pray, how to stand, how to armor up. Wouldn't it be awesome if we just left here today more confident in the Lord? I'm not asking you guys to be demon hunters, okay? I didn't see that in here. He said, armor up. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's evil in the world. Uh, My wife was reading a blog the other night. I'd never read it until Friday. It was penned on October 1st. I'm going to read it to you. And the reason I'm going to read it to you, you'll know in a minute. It was penned 30 days ago, and I'm jumping right into the middle of it. It's by a gentleman named Trey. He's 20 years old. And he said, pursuing people and loving them is simple. Just be Jesus to them. Play games. Teach them English. Drink coffee with them. Showing love is the best weapon we have to win souls to Jesus. Throughout it all, pursue God. This is October 1st, Saturday. This week, we had Luke Frechette. French name automatically means awesome. <laughs> From the Oregon coast. We went through the entire book of Acts in one week. And honestly, I will never look at the book the same again. It was one of my least favorite books in the New Testament because it was long in history and boring but, man, the word came alive. Never before had I realized the importance of acts and how masterfully it connects the gospels and the rest of the epistles. Never before had I realized the excitement that could be found in the history of the church and the secrets that were there to be found. Luke is the head pastor at his church, to be honest, though, I wouldn't have guessed it. He has a four-button beard, at least, and he looks more like a pirate, and he even talks like one sometimes. It was interesting watching him present the word. The way he talked and acted towards the word was the most reverent spirit and yet radically different than my upbringing. It brought that silly look to my face when I realized that God is working powerfully in a man that looks like he came straight from the pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) He's obviously exaggerating. I realized that if you pursue the word and God himself, that excitement will come, that the spirit will come and fill you and God wants to pursue you and he wants to be pursued. And Luke taught me to be open to the prodding of the spirit, to be willing and flexible to where he wants you to go and who he wants you to talk to. And he also taught me that God is working through so many people and that just because they don't look like you or look at the word the same, that we're all still unified and worshiping the same God. And Luke said that at his church, One of the things is authenticity. Be who you are. Follow Jesus and be yourself. Be yourself until it prevents you from doing the first part, which is to follow Jesus. He said, this may be a stretch to some of you and it may sound scary, but I would suggest that it's worth thinking about. The bodies made up of Christians across the earth that are serving the same God. They are pursuing him and he them. It really is beautiful. That's the end of the entry on October the 1st. The last message I got from Trey was the next day, October 2nd. He sent me a message. I was here, it was a Sunday. He sent me a message that hey, can I get one of those Jesus' real shirts? I gotta get one of those shirts because I wore one while I was teaching and all the rest. And I, I share this at the end. Because right now and about right now, <laughs> they're beginning Trey's memorial service. Trey was murdered on on Wednesday night. He was on his way back to the Axe Retreat Center where I had met him and served with him. And he'd been in the house nearby ministering to kids and at youth risk and families all day with three other missionaries. And as they were driving back to the Antioch Christian Training School, a random act of violence. A guy passed them on the left and shot the vehicle four times. And shot him in the neck, and he died at the scene. I found out Thursday morning, just a couple days ago, you got to understand something about Trey. you got to go find his blog. The guy was full of the spirit, full of love and full of life, and all of a sudden, some ran- doesn't even, there's no connection, just violence, the enemy, darkness, spiritual warfare, the devil who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, took a young man's life. Jeff Sutton, one of my good friends, runs the program good man and the hardest part of the whole experience was calling Trey's dad in Pennsylvania late at night he said when he called Trey's dad and informed him that your son has been murdered he wept and processed but moments later Trey's dad a strong Christian asked questions he said how are the rest of the students how are you guys doing are you guys okay since then, like I said, the memorial's being live-streamed at 10.30 this morning. It's happening right now. Hundreds and thousands of supporters, reporters, TVs, all, ki- all kinds of stuff. A random act of violence. In two weeks, the team is going to Thailand, this acts school. Trey had his passport, his plane tickets, his funds raised. He's not going anymore. He's called home. I don't have all the answers for you and how it's going to go. This wasn't planned. Your next problem's not planned. The devil is planning your next problem. He's got the war room okay, against you. And he's, he doesn't care. He doesn't play fair. There's no rules. You're going to get shot at. You're going to get hit. And you need to be armored up to stand in the midst of atrocity as Trey's family, as the Axe School, as we can stand in the midst of loss and carnage. Years and years ago, one of my favorite pastors, Britt Merrick's daughter, became sick with cancer. She beat it twice, was taken home the third time, seven years old. Daisy Love, some of you have heard her story. It rocked that family real hard. When Kelly Slater, the world-renowned surfer, won his world title for the 12th time that year, he dedicated his winning to Daisy Love dedicated his winning to the gospel when you go through suffering and you will i don't want to i don't want you to it's going to happen and you have your armor on everyone suffers you know that right we're not immune as christians and non-christians are not immune because they're non-christians the devil doesn't care the devil has waged war on god's kids humanity those made in his image He is less than God. He is not equal to God. He is less than God. And at this time, and in this dispensation, God is letting him do what he's doing, making the devil think he's winning at times. Just like when Christ was crucified, the devil thought, I got you now. And Jesus said, it's finished. And he died. And he paid for the sins of the world and then rose from death. Is that Trey? That's okay. I forgot it. There he is. I'm going to have the worship team. Come on up, and uh, we're going to take communion now. Father, we thank you for being real. And I would be the first to admit, I just spend so much of my time just lollygagging around, having a good time, just forgetting that I'm getting shot at. Forgetting that the enemy is shooting at others. I forget. And sometimes like this, it's made known to me. I'm reminded. But the Bible declares it very simply and very honestly. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And take up the whole armor of God. That you might be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against the devil. The devil. Against principalities and powers and rulers of wicked places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And so, Father, as we sing this song, we believe that there's power in singing. As we come to the table of communion, we believe there's power in communing. As we fellowship together as one, we believe that there's power in fellowship. Lord, I love happy services. They're fun. Just like the disciples would look at you on that day of ascension and say is today the day that you make everything fun you said no you need power you need to be my witness and we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep and we glorify you in the midst of the war jesus we do we don't blame you we don't blame each other we today by faith we call upon you as the Savior, the Healer, the Lover, the Provider. You're good. And at ten thirty this morning, when that service starts there in Yakima, and as more services happen throughout the week, all the way to back back to Pennsylvania, as those services go, there will be more people standing with armor on in the midst of grief, saying, "Our God is good. Our God is great. Our God is good. Our God is great." And the devil will have taken a back seat. Even as Trey sacrificed his life, a a true witness, a true martyr. And So equip us today to be humble, but to be vigilant, to be sober of mind. And as we take communion, Father, we do so thanking you that you've done it all. In Jesus' name. Amen.